0: I'd just like to say, each of us better get this loneliness thing figured out real quick and make sure that we don't replace our relationship with Christ by just doing things to get rid of loneliness. Amen. Because every human being dies alone. Yeah. You think you're surrounded by your family when you're dying, that's true. But when you die, you die alone. Mm-hmm. And so we must make sure that He is the center of everything we do and love and serve, love, and, and heart, mind, soul, and strength, and realize He'll never leave us nor forsake us, ever. Yeah. And so when I go home and there's no one home, the dog's not there to greet me, I say, Praise the Lord. Come you know, man. you're with me. You'll never leave me or forsake yes. me. I pray. I read the word. <laughs> I let my joy be full. I believe my name is written in heaven. I'm blessed beyond me, beyond yeah. you know, all measure. Right. And uh, I'll not let no- loneliness cripple my heart.
1: I often get texts from Oscar Navarro. Uh Very few of them delight my soul, but (laughs) (laughs) this one in particular very much did. This was something in reference to some friends of ours. He said, uh, they love the podcast. They agree with you on coffee flavor, praise the Lord, but disagree with you on Augustine. They're only half right. So, of course, I humbly responded. I know when their child is born, he or she will be pristine. But being that they don't know how to pronounce things, I hope if it's a girl, they don't name her Justine. And they better never take her to visit the Sistine Chapel. Oh, and they should also never teach her about the Byzantine Empire or talk to her about the Emperor Constantine. (laughs) And Oscar responded very pridefully, I finally understand (laughs) where your breakdown and logic is. I said, the problem is, you have no logic. He said, for me, the fear of the Lord is a beginning, middle, and end of my wisdom. And I said, the words beginning, middle, and end only apply to things that exist. So, Oscar, how does it feel to finally be proven completely wrong about Augustine? No,
2: you you did prove you did show me where your breakdown and understanding of syntax and language is, oh, which boy. is that you're applying you're applying your modern understanding of words like pristine to a name that is fifteen hundred years old,
1: <laughs> and so the way you read it,
2: you read your syntax and context into a word that's not from your culture, mm. therefore imputing your understanding of language onto someone's name. Let me me help you.
0: Augustine. Augustine.
1: Augustine. Oh, oh, so it's it's actually Augustine. It's probably more accurate, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway, pray and fast for Oscar and apparently Mark.
0: Mark, I didn't know you could do a lady's voice like that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's skill. Many, many talents. All right, here is a comment. And the title of this comment is Oscar... And Mark, huh. is it really Oscar and Mark deserve more credit and appreciation? I like
3: this one already. This
1: man. podcast wouldn't be the same without them and their knowledge. Who's this? Huh. See how kind I am. This is from Haas ninety six. Haas, I, I appreciate. I'm going to post that on my social media. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, see, yeah, I'm going to post I nice think guy. I'm supposed to. I think you said That's we're right. supposed to. You know what? I'm
2: going to post that for all eleven of my followers on social media. You know what
1: blew me away is there is someone that actually likes you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one that's paying attention. Friends, this podcast is brought to you by The Bibles four Gospels, How to Find Everlasting Life. Ray, when uh, we ended up deciding on this, I got really, really excited because the concept of having all four Gospels together in one volume... You mean like the New Testament, does it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish you could carry around a New Testament that small everywhere and read it but yeah that was a concept it's like hey let's give all four gospel accounts to people this is a really great resource it's a great one to give friends, family members, Christmases Coming and going, and you know, whenever you're listening to this, but it has an introduction by Ray, uh, why Christianity, which is our booklet. Ray, I think you told me yesterday it's sold over a million, yes, million booklets. Wow, common questions about the Christian faith, principles for growth, and understanding the biblical gospel. So it's, it's got good stuff in it, and most importantly, the gospel. So make sure to check that out. And don't forget the evidence Bible at livingwaters.com.
0: All right, guys, Where we don't know what we're doing, <laughs> <laughs> we have
1: no idea what we're doing. Um, What's the
2: context of that phrase in case somebody hasn't caught that yet?
1: The, con- the context of that phrase is. Uh, we well, don't, go- we
0: don't, don't know what the phrase means.
1: Yeah, it goes back to actually our first episode. Episode um, zero? Episode zero, yeah. Uh, where we confessed that we knew nothing about podcasts. Well, Mark knew. I mean, you guys had a new background and stuff, but we'd never done one. And uh, at least Ray and I had absolutely no idea about anything we're doing, and it's just a general truth. Well, we what's have funny no idea about that what episode?
2: What's funny about that episode is that it was like we did our research, we knew what podcasting was, we knew the data, we knew blah 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 blah, but did we really didn't know how to do one. We didn't know how to host one. We didn't know what to talk about, and so Still no, it don't. came. I mean, really, <laughs> it's it's a blessing and a curse that Ray is like like he's just there's a phrase that you learn to build an airplane and then take off. Uh, Ray jumps out of an airplane and learns to build the airplane <laughs> on the way down. And so That's the so podcast, true. we started, we hit record and we're like, I don't know, let's just see how this goes. Yeah. And I think you said, we have no idea what we're I doing. I yeah.
0: Gonna just gotta true. say, without Oscar and Mark, this podcast would be half the size. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very true. Yeah, and guys, let me just say, you know, we, we, we're o- over a hundred episodes into this thing and what a joy it's been you know, beyond just the pleasure we get of doing it. Cause we often end and we're like, man, we just fellowshiped, you know, that's what we did. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just sweet, real, genuine fellowship. 20 of the best episodes of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and getting, but getting people responding and saying this has impacted my life. This yeah. has changed my course, life. Yep. This has stirred me up for mm. the Lord. This has gotten me excited about sharing the gospel, about telling others about Christ. I mean, this is, this is a whole deal for us. Uh, and to
2: give credit to the, the, the fifth and really the, the silent host, Scotty. Scotty. Uh, just hey. this morning, I was walking by his office and he was editing an episode or doing something. Well, we don't really edit episodes. I think he was doing something in post-production for an episode.
0: He's cutting you two out.
2: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I cracked the joke, man, don't you get sick of listening to these guys? And he hit pause and was like, what did you just say? And I was like, oh, ha ha, don't you get sick of listening to these guys? And it's the four of us. And he goes, you know, what's funny is that no, I don't. Aww. And I just thought, but, but also, like, I don't get sick of listening to you guys. I often will come away with some great insight, uh, some transformative insight that comes from, you know, you, Easy, and you, Ray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I was thinking uh, yesterday, seriously, I was thinking about how many things I've learned you know, on the podcast from Ray and Oscar. um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously though, what a joy it really is. And you know, what excites me is uh, the number of young people that listen to the podcast. And even more than that, the young people that, we know i mean especially you and me mark you know the, the young people in our circles our kids and their friends always coming up to us hey i love the podcast i'm like you guys really listen to it every episode you know and so shout out to you guys man thank you so much for listening my and
0: grandson robbie comfort loves it it's yeah that's right awesome.
1: so that, that's really encouraging and uh keep praying for us for wisdom for uh Direction on the topics that we hit.
0: Because we don't know what we're doing. Because we, we have no <laughs> still don't know
1: what we're doing. That's right. All right, guys. Today we're talking about uh, loneliness. Uh, I was shocked, very, very shocked by these statistics I found. Uh, this is from CampaignToEndLoneliness.org. Loneliness is likely to increase your risk of death by 26%. Mm. Loneliness, living alone, and poor social connections are as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is worse for you than obesity. Loneliness and social isolation are associated with an increased risk of developing coronary heart disease and stroke. Loneliness increases the risk of high blood pressure. Loneliness with severe depression is associated with early mortality, and loneliness is a risk factor for depression in later life. And
0: reading this website will make you depressed.
1: (laughs) Very depressed. (laughs) And then loneliness and social isolation put individuals at greater risk of cognitive decline and dementia. That shocked me. Wait a minute. So
3: define loneliness, if you would, because being alone and... Loneliness are right. two different things. Right. Yeah. Well, well what's do? funny is
2: I, I bet they spent thousands of dollars on doing that data poll. They could have just read Genesis
1: chapter one. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, loneliness, uh, I think at its very heart is being in a place where you don't have any sense of community, any companionship from those that you would expect to have it from. That sense of isolation where you get to a place where you have that sense that you have no value and no importance and no significance to anyone.
3: So you mm-hmm. can experience that loneliness in a crowded room. Absolutely. And yeah, you could yeah. be completely alone all by yourself and not be experiencing loneliness knowing that Christ is with you. All Amen. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, as Oscar intimated it really goes back to genesis right and the, the first declaration that was made by god in fact uh i think it was martin luther who who made a, a very interesting a statement he said rc Sproul, he said the first negative judgment we find in holy writ is a judgment on loneliness god said it is not good for man to be alone and
0: then he created dogs <laughs>
1: yeah, right and you know and, and so it's It really is, I think, a big part of the curse Mm -hmm. that this fallen, broken world where there's loss, right? Because sometimes loneliness comes from losing people that you love. Think of a widow, think of a widower. There's selfishness, people that never go and see their parents, relatives that never visit their elderly loved ones. There's just sin of all sorts, abandonment. You know, think of the kids that, uh, were abandoned at, at birth, you know, and given up by their parents. I mean, here in America, we have sort of a kind of acceptable way to do it, right? You can give them up for adoption or or even fire stations will take children, but there are places where they'll throw kids out in the field, you know? I mean, think about how that ends up making a child feel when they grow up and they recognize they were discarded by their own parents, in the sense of loneliness that can bring.
0: Thomas Wolfe made a famous quote, more said a famous quote, the whole conviction of my life now rests upon the belief that loneliness, far from being a rare and curious phenomenon, is the central and inevitable fact of human existence, oh. which is what you're saying. It's just part of our fallen creation. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to, I could just go into loneliness, but I don't. I keep myself busy and I make friends. And I realized when I'm alone, I'm never alone. Remember the the movie our friends made, Alone Yet Not Alone? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was about a true story, a young lady that got kidnapped by Indians. That's right. And they were a Christian family, and uh, it was she was alone, uh, went through horrific circumstances, yet not alone, because God was with her. Amen. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting that in, in Genesis, we see before the fall, there's something not good. You ever think about that? Before the fall, before sin enters the world, there's something not good. Oh,
0: not good for man to be alone. It is
2: not good for man to be alone. That's Mm. right. That doesn't mean that it was imperfect. It means that God's creation was not yet complete. And it was, and Adam was complete when he had companionship, mm. when he had someone to do life with alongside. And that applies not just to marriage, but also just relationally. It is not good for us to be alone. We are not meant to live in anonymity. And unfortunately, our modern, especially here, Western culture, our lives are designed for loneliness. Unfortunately, I mean, if you think about it, in the 70s, 60s, 40s, you grew up and you knew your neighbors. You walked outside, you played with your neighbors, right? Uh, I know people who have lived in the same home for 30 years. And if you pointed across, I'm literally, I'm thinking of a person, if I point across the street, because I've done this, and I said, do you know their names? 30 years, they bought the house the same year this person did. They don't know their names. And unfortunately, that's not uncommon. Even if you know your neighbor's name, you don't know much more about them right you've never like how many people today have sat in their neighbor's dining room and had a meal with them or had their own neighbors over at their house. You see, we we compartmentalize our lives. And because we have a transient culture, transient meaning historically for most of human history, you walked out your front door, walked down the street to go to your work. And you would walk alongside friends and family members and coworkers and people that you went to church with. You walked outside and walked down a street to go to your church. Everything was within a, a mile or two of where you lived every person, which naturally made you more bent towards community. But we live in an isolated world where we get in our car and drive, you know, I drive 47 miles to get to work. I drive two miles to go to the grocery store, my bank, et cetera, et cetera. And all of these places that I go, I see people that I'll likely never see again. Right. And so we live in a time in which we are lonely and unfortunately our culture or I should say our modern lives have been created by man to give us unsatisfactory substitutes. Wow. And that unsatisfactory substitute that I'm talking about is the communities that we find online. Mm-hmm. See we think oh that's a friend that I follow online oh here's a group of individuals a hashtag a fo- I follow I'm a part of this tribe I'm I'm in this group I subscribe to this thing and it gives us a sense of community cuz it's it's a social media right it's a social we call it social but it's not, it's antisocial, it isolates us. You cannot be known and loved. You cannot be, and I'll get to this later. You cannot experience true companionship and commitment by online relationships. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's a bad substitute. And so our, our lives are designs for loneliness.
1: We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week. Goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you hear sayings like it's lonely at the top you know or mark you alluded to it a minute ago you can be in a crowded room and still feel alone and and it's true you know and 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 that's what i want to parse with you guys today is like what causes that what what are the different ways that people can become lonely and look if there weren't ramifications to being lonely that tend toward sin or that tend toward pain and grief for people that can lead to, to harmful things. Then what's a the big deal? Oh, lonely. Great. It's just another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hungry. I'm tired. Oh, I'm lonely. No, there, there are ramifications to that. And you know, we we need to kind of think through that. You guys ever feel lonely? I mean, are there ever times where you you get that little sense of loneliness?
3: I think for me, there there comes a place where. I think nobody understands what I'm going through.
1: Yeah, okay. Not
3: not that I feel lonely and I need to be around people or I need somebody to come along, uh, side me to understand with empathy what I'm experiencing. But there's times where, and we've built a good community to kind of take care of this easy, but having the idea of I'm going through this all alone, nobody knows the temptation or the struggle or the difficulty, Mm. and that's a lie. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing uncommon to man. Yeah, You know, Elijah was a man of like passions and he prayed, you know, that uh, it wouldn't rain and didn't rain. He was a similar man like you and I. And I think that's a a lie and a ploy of the enemy Mm -hmm. to think that what you're going through, nobody else has experienced. And don't you dare share that with anybody else because they just don't get you. You're an oddball you're a misfit. You're no use to the master's plan. Wow. And that's a lie.
1: Yeah, was it Peter that said that the, same, the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brethren in the world? You know, that, that realization, you know, you think of Elijah, I'm the only one who hasn't bowed the knee. You no, know, there's 700 others that are mm. out there, you know? That in a sense, understand your struggle to stand in the midst of a hostile environment, you know? But Ray, I love what you said. And, and, and here's one thing I think that it's, is good for us to explore. Are some elements of loneliness self-induced You said, but I make friends, right? I have friends, I keep friends. And so Ray, is that something that can result from people just deciding not to be in pursuit of friendships to have community in their life?
0: I I think it can, you can create community, especially I I looked up something this morning about loneliness. I I, I wrote it down in case it might help people. (laughs) Oh yeah, list of hobbies. It's called just type in list of hobbies Wikipedia, and it's got links to all these different hobbies. And if you get into a hobby like you know you're into horses, I don't know what you're into. Mark, but <laughs> I'm not into horses. If you yes, you got a horse, but you you meet a community of people that can take away your loneliness. I mean, if I wasn't a Christian, I had time, I wouldn't mind getting into vintage cars. Mm. Getting in one of those really, which one? Really, I don't know, but those ones that just got a big hooter on the front, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you get a, you get a funny hat, and then you go and you meet with people at a park, and they've all got these cars. You walk around, you take pictures of their car, they take pictures of yours. You get a magazine, you get newsletters, and you got all these friends that you meet and you talk about cars. Yeah, and so that would take away loneliness if you could find a hobby. Even a dog can do that. Seriously, uh, when I said God created dogs. A dog really is man's best friend, and you can it can help with your loneliness.
2: Mm. Let me point something out though. There's this, uh, You just remind me of this book I read a while ago called "Strange Rights: New Religions for a Godless World" by uh, Tara Burton. And one of the things that she points out is that as we move into secular, we try to substitute gospel things for non-gospel things. And one of the things that she points out is that as we've moved out of the church, right, the pews are emptying, so all the data tells us. People no longer are going to church. We have the rise of the religious nuns. And so what ends up happening is all of these people...
0: <laughs> I know you're, I I already not know you're thinking. <laughs> it's Catholicism, it's the
2: nuns. people who don't and I look at each exists. other, we're thinking the same I knew <laughs>
1: exactly what was happening uh, yeah, when I saw you guys make eye yeah, contact, yes, by that right. Isn't it, that well, redundant? Aren't nuns religious? <laughs> religious yeah, nuns. so running
0: around with habits It's a
2: funny
1: That's thing right. to have
2: a
0: habit uh, the, uh, the, atheist, the atheist nun yeah, <laughs> the Hobbit
2: with a habit Yeah um, But one of the things that she points out Is that we will substitute things To try to make up we're, we're haunted by our need for gospel community And so she talks about The rise of car clubs The rise, like, you, you know Your gym was just where you went to work out But now places like CrossFit market themselves as a community, right? Like there's shopping centers. There's a shopping center in Costa Mesa. When you pull up a big old sign says community, everybody out there is trying to create community because we are all feeling lonely. But one of the points that uh, Tara Burton points out is that there is no substitute for gospel community, for a local church to be known and loved by and through a local church. That's actually what our hearts are yearning for. And any other substitute for that ultimately will not deliver on its promises. Do you mean yeah.
0: Christian community? rather When you say gospel community, I look on that as an outreach to the unsaved through getting a vintage car, becoming involved in a a hobby like that and reaching those strangers with the gospel, using that as a platform.
2: When I say gospel community, I mean a community of people found in the local church that have been so impacted and convicted by the gospel. That's how I would define yeah. that.
1: Christian community, in other words, with the gospel at the, at the heart of it all. In all its benefits, you know, when we say gospel, and I think it's important to, to clarify that, you know, if you ever want to read a good book, I've mentioned it before, it's been a while, but uh, The Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent and uh, The Discipline He's local, Primer. that guy.
0: I didn't say loco. Yeah, he's local. I uh, emailed him when I read the book after you gave it, after yeah. you mentioned it.
1: Yeah, I read the book and, and it seemed like the next week I went to meet up with Todd Friel at a restaurant and he had a friend there. And then he goes, oh, hi, meet Milton Vincent. And I go, what? I just read your book. Great brother, godly, godly man. But a gospel primer, not primer primer. And um, <laughs> and The Discipline of Grace, two of the most powerful books Both I've ever books. read. and And actually The Gospel Primer was inspired by The Discipline of Grace by Jerry Bridges. And the, the whole thrust of those books is that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Mm-hmm. And that the gospel is not just the tool uh, or the instrument through which we're saved, but, but it's, it's the storehouse from which we continue to live as believers, the benefits of the gospel for our lives. So that's kind of what Oscar is referring to there. But, you know, Mark, I, you really did hit on something, you know, being understood, you think of how many wives complain about feeling lonely in what their you gonna marriages. you say, how
0: many wives Solomon had?
1: <laughs> was, <laughs> he how was Solomon <laughs> lonely? <laughs> yeah, the opposite problem. Very unlonely. But, you know, why does it feel lonely? Because they feel like their husbands don't understand them. Husbands that feel lonely because they feel their wives don't understand them or get them, you know. Or loneliness, it comes from, you know, neglect uh, by those that, that are supposed to love you. There are children that feel lonely because their parents don't pay attention to them or their siblings neglect them or whatever. But and, and as I've been trying to really hash through this in my mind, like, what is it that causes that? And I, I think that there's this element in each of us that wants to be understood and that wants to to, to be remembered and known, you know, and... That's why it can happen when you have friends or you're married or you have kids or you have, you know, it's because maybe that element isn't there. And so we feel alone, right? You're going to say something.
0: Perhaps loneliness is tied up with even Solomon as you're talking, he spoke of futility and the fear of death that haunted him. He, he kept saying there is an appointment that's going to come and that can exacerbate the feeling of loneliness, yeah. despair, knowing that we've got a grim reaper waiting around the corner for us. And this book of Hebrews says, humanity outside of Christ is haunted all their lifetime by the fear of death. Yeah. And so that may be all tied in, that sense of futility and uh, haunting fears.
3: Yeah. You know, for me, it, uh, when I became a Christian in 1990, all my friends kind of abandoned me. I, they weren't friends, Mark. And they weren't. That, that, that's exactly right. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, one who says that I'll never leave you nor forsake you, who's closer to me than the blood is to my veins and the oxygen is to my lungs. Amen. And, and that is Christ, right? So when my friends abandoned me, I had no other place to go. I was driven to Christ. Amen. And for the first few years when I went to church, nobody reached out to me but I kept thinking of those words with Peter and Jesus, you know, are you going to leave also? Mm-hmm. And Peter says, where am I going to go? Yeah, that's good. You know, go you alone hold the words to eternal life. So what seemed like a downer with my friends abandoning me was a blessing as God extracted from my life, that which I didn't need and was a weight ultimately that would prevent me from running a race that was now set before me. So Jesus, who is sticker, uh, who, who does stick? <laughs> Who's a sticker? <laughs> Who's a sticker? No, he that, that, that's, that's theologically sound. He sticks closer than a brother. <laughs> he closer than a brother. <laughs> right? What was my cause of hope, which caused my roots to go down deep and to get inside uh, God's word and go through the word and allow the word to go through me? And what could have been the biggest discouragement in my life? I always had that thought, and I've remembered it many, many years since. Where am I going to go? Where am I going? When I would fail, when I would mess up, when nobody would be there, when my parents didn't understand what I was going through, when my brothers didn't want to have anything to do with me because I was a Christian, and they would have gatherings and go to sporting events, and it still happens. I have brothers that'll come from out of town, come into my town. They live out of state, two different states. They'll come into my state hmm. to enjoy Huntington Beach. Yeah. And they won't even call me and tell me that they are, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes away from where I live. And that's nothing here in yeah. Southern California to drive like that. Right. But I've got Christ. Mm. And one with Christ will always be in the majority. Right? Would, was does
0: Paul, sorry, Oscar, does Paul mention loneliness at one point and that we're all men are forsaken, but he doesn't mention loneliness.
3: Hmm. Yeah, loneliness is not mentioned in the New... It's mentioned twice in the New Testament when it comes to places, a desolate place, when Jesus was tempted inside the wilderness. It's referring more to a desolate, but it's not in reference to people. Yeah. Yeah. And you think of of loneliness uh,
1: from the standpoint of God walking the earth as man and then being Abandoned by all of his disciples, right? I mean, mm-hmm. imagine Jesus in the, the high priest's courtyard there as he heard Peter deny that he knew him. In essence, the language that he used conveyed that Jesus never meant anything special to him, right? And and you just think of that, you know, and then all of them forsaking him and fleeing, you know, when he was when he was, you know, taken. I mean, it, it's just it's crazy, and yet look at his persevering love toward them, you know, uh, even, even in those moments. I mean, imagine not being understood, right? You're the God man. Uh, and yet, what an example he was. What about so 40 good. days,
0: 40 nights in a desert without, oh. without lunch, breakfast, or dinner <laughs> to break up the day?
1: Yeah. yeah that's yeah. like 40 minutes recording
2: a podcast. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I like what you were alluding to earlier, which is this idea of like thinking through that feeling of loneliness. And you mentioned, I think, being known. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good observation. I think that we. We want to be known, uh, but there are many people, there are many Christians who know, yeah, I was saved out of anonymity into gospel community, and yet I feel alone. I feel like nobody knows me. And, and maybe there's there's something about you know sin that you've committed. There's something about shame and guilt that you're afraid if people knew that, that, that that's an aspect of your life that you don't want people to know. Because I think a big motivating driver for all of us too is the fear of being known, fully known, and not loved. Yeah, That's a fear for all of us too. And so that keeps us, it's like that insecurity keeps us from experiencing community, Yeah, right? And the beauty of the gospel, which you guys are alluding to here, the beauty of the gospel is that like you just said, Jesus, the son of God, God himself was forsaken by the very people he came to love and save. Jesus himself, was forsaken by God, the father. Why have you forsaken me? And the reason why he went through that, the God of the universe, the God of love, is for the promise that his children would never be forsaken by God. And I love Timothy Keller's quote in his book on marriage. He says, to be loved, but not known, is comforting, but superficial. To be known, and not love is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is well a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. And that's the promise to us is that even when you feel alone, even when you feel unknown, even when you're afraid of being known and rejected, God's rejection has already happened towards Jesus. So that that is something you never have to worry about again.
1: Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, Mark, I was thinking about what you shared about what you experienced as a newer believer. I went through the same sort of thing, and I may have shared it before, but before I came to Christ, I was one of those guys that always had to have my entourage with me. You know, I, I never wanted to ever be seen alone when I was in high school, you know, walking across campus. I always had to have my buddies with me. And after I got saved, you know, I mean, I can't, I came out of the gang lifestyle, and I had a lot of negative influences from ungodly friends. And so I wanted to go hard after God. Christ became everything to me. No relationship meant anything to me in comparison to knowing Christ after he rescued me. And so I stopped hanging out with all my old friends. When I got back to the first high school where I was kicked out, I came back and I even had a you know, friends say, hey man, come hang out with us, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. So at lunch I would go and I would just listen to sermons in my car. I'd read my Bible. I'd, I'd just spend time with the Lord. But I remember one day I was walking across campus I saw all these groups of of kids hanging out, some of my old friends, other people laughing, talking, you know, having a good time. And then I felt this twinge of loneliness as I reflected back on what I used to have. And it was painful. I teared up. And then I just sensed, I was reminded by the Lord that Christ is my friend. That he's the friend that's closer than a brother, and he reminded me of all that I have in him and that he'll you know he'll always be my closest of friends and as quickly as that pain hit me, that's how quickly it subsided and I felt this deep joy like, of course, Lord, I have you and ultimately that's really the cure to loneliness it's It's remembering that we have Christ and it's finding our our true identity in him. Our understanding the that we've been accepted in the beloved, like scripture says, that he fully knows us, like Oscar alluded to, and yet completely loves us. And and it's holding on to that.
0: I'd just like to say each of us better get this loneliness thing figured out real quick and make sure that we don't replace our relationship with Christ by just doing things to get rid of loneliness. Amen. Because each every human being dies alone. Yeah, You think you're surrounded by your family when you're dying, that's true, but when you die, you die alone. Mm. And so we must make sure that he is the center of everything we do and love and serve love and heart, mind, soul, and strength and realize he'll never leave us nor forsake us ever. Yeah, and so when I go home and there's no one home, the dog's not there to greet me. I say, "Praise the Lord! You mm-hmm. know, you're with me. You'll never leave me or forsake yes. me." I pray. I read the Word. <laughs> I let my joy be full. I believe my name is written in heaven. I'm blessed beyond me, beyond yeah. you know, all measure, right. and i uh, will not let lonely, loneliness grip my heart. Man, my that's heart.
2: so good, Ray. It's like it's like that last that last step you take here on earth might be surrounded by friends and family, but what will the first step into eternity look like? Will it look like taking a step into eternal? loneliness hmm. or a step into eternal community with the triune god of the universe yeah that's good
3: uh, i read a quote uh, earlier today let me share it with you guys by martha peace oh yes uh like elijah jeremiah jesus or paul you may be experiencing
1: intense loneliness
3: continue <laughs> sorry i have the same quote. go ahead mark uh, a woman does not have to be single to be lonely She could be married and living with her husband. In fact, her loneliness may be exaggerated because of feeling trapped in a marriage with a man who's withdrawn and aloof. Mm. Elijah and Jeremiah were overwhelmed with their loneliness. Jesus and Paul were not. The difference is Elijah and Jeremiah felt sorry for themselves while Jesus and Paul sought refuge Mm. in God. Amen loneliness is such a state of mind and when we realize that uh, Christ is with us then that is the answer as we go through that dark yeah. tunnel amen
1: and and let me let me just say this here why our centeredness in god as our true companion is a cure for loneliness on a practical level- That's a good question. When it comes to other people. And I, I think it's this, one of the things that I think ends up creating loneliness and it becomes this kind of almost a self perpetuating principle, a, a vicious cycle, is oftentimes we get hurt by people. Hmm. This is, this is huge and people don't like to talk about it because it's so painful that even talking about it wounds them and, and that is in social, social circumstances. There, there are some times when certain people will invite certain people in friend groups and not them, they'll hang out with certain people, go on vacation with certain people, do things, talk, whatever, family I, stuff. Man, have
2: you been reading my journal?
1: Yeah, and it creates in, in us this, this twinge of pain, right? Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is, then we respond and in like, instead of doing unto others as we'd have others do unto us, we do unto others as they have done on us. Okay. They didn't invite me. I'm not inviting them. They did this. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do this with them instead of them. Just all this craziness. that's as a result of the flesh. The reason why our centeredness in God as our main companion is helps to cure that in a sense is because when we're abiding in him in that way, we also get his heart. And we desire to please Him, and so when we're faced with those things, instead of responding in the flesh and 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 doing, you know, in like manner, and those people may not even be doing it on purpose; they're just living life, and they've gotten closer to those people, or that happened, or whatever. But let's say it was intentional. In any case when you're close to the Lord and you're abiding in his heart, you are then compelled to continue to love those friends. Instead of putting up those walls and becoming self-protective, you keep drawing close to them in an appropriate way, unless you feel like you're now being a bother to them and you wanna bless them, right? So you don't wanna do that. That's good. As you continue to do that, those friendships stay kindled. You get the joy of giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And in that you sense the closeness of God, which continues to be the remedy to loneliness. Mm, I don't know if that makes sense. It it, uh, did.
0: One thing I find just gives me great joy is I go through all my people of texts, my history, and I just say, how are you doing? To people yeah. I haven't for months had mm-hmm. anything to do with. And they'll write back, oh, wah, wah, and it's just, the fellowship yeah, say, is wonderful. <laughs> wah, 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 the fellowship is just wonderful.
1: <laughs> can you write that out for us? Ray? Yeah, of course. Oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, with friends who speak to you like that, I can yeah. see how you might get lonely. Uh,
2: I went to a church in Atlanta this last week, Cornerstone Atlanta, if you're in the area, highly recommend it. And this uh, Pastor John there was preaching the gospel. is was beautiful. But one of the points that he made is that God gives us community, gives us people, not just for companionship, but also for commitment. Mm. And I thought this was really profound because he was making the point that we go to church, we get into gospel community and things get hard. And it might be so easy for us to be like, you know what? I'm over them, man. They frustrate me. They annoyed me. They sinned against me. We didn't see eye to eye on something. The church isn't being run exactly the way I wanted to. But God gives us companionship, not just to fellowship and to laugh and to meet eye to eye on things, but he also gives us people so that we can practice commitment with one another being committed and devoted to doing life together even through the tough times that's part of covenant companionship is the commitment aspect and i think in order for us to truly avoid loneliness we have to be willing to do the commitment aspect Mm. not just the companion aspect
1: so good and and right the proverbs speak to that he who has friends must himself be friendly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and that, that's the element of that, like that friendliness on our part by way of commitment continues to generate that community, you know? And again, when we approach things from a selfless heart and mindset, it, it transforms everything. We don't seek our own. We consider others more important than ourselves, not only looking out for our own interests, but also for theirs. I've texted this guy 50 times. He never texts me, great, here goes number 51 because mm. I love him. That's good. You know, I, I've, I've checked on this person multiple times when they were sick or going through struggles. They never check on me. Well, here I go again, because I love them. I mean, if we lived that way, just that, because again, that's a moment of distinct fellowship with God. And when you fellowship with God, you, you, don't, you, you can't be lonely in the, you know, in the ultimate sense. Of that's course, true. you can feel those twinges, but still he, he, he heals your heart and brings you through it.
0: You know, and yeah, it's it's just it's such a key thing to remember. You think of the word loneliness, loneliness.
2: <laughs> the etymology?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Very what I'm profound. About. Yeah, I'm trying a to man named that. Lee
2: was alone <laughs> <laughs> with the Loch Ness monster. Yes. loneliness. Yeah, um,
1: but yeah, you know, th- there there are so many, I think, fleshly elements that that are at work that can detract us from that. But I want to speak to those listening right now that uh, are feeling deep pain. Maybe you're you're not married and all your friends around you are married and you feel that deep pain, whether you're a guy or a girl, and you wonder, when is it going to be my turn? You go to wedding after wedding. You see your friends rejoicing. Maybe you're a couple that are married, but don't have kids. And all your friends around you are having kids, multiple kids. And 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 you've been trying and you, you don't have any, you know, or you've been trying to get close to people at the church you're at, but you can't seem to forge those relationships. Or, you know, your family members have disowned you for whatever reason, maybe because you love Christ. Maybe you're on the mission field and you can't connect with with people there. No one around you really knows Christ. You're just trying to win them. Let the Lord be your refuge. Cling to Him. That's the good news of, of our faith and of the gospel. Remember who Jesus is, right? I mean, we know scripture tells us that his name, Matthew 1, 23, his name shall be Emmanuel, which is translated God with us, God with us. And, and that God who's with you is a God who's promised that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, that he'll be with you always, even unto the end of the age, that he will always hold you and nothing will snatch you out of his hand. Nothing will separate you from his love. You know, you think of what it says in Psalm 139, seven to 10, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God is everywhere and he's waiting for you to enter into his presence and to know the fullness and the richness. Uh, of the closeness that he has. With you. And think of think of what Jesus said to his own disciples. He said, no longer do I call you servants in John 15, 15, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Think of it, the God of the universe calling his disciples friends. That wasn't accidental, that was intentional. And he is like Mark referenced, he is that friend that sits closer than a brother and he'll always be there to carry you through. And, he, and you think of you know, God's heart revealed in scripture. Think of Isaiah 49, uh, 15 to 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you, says the Lord. See, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. This is God speaking to his people, revealing his heart toward them.
0: What's that, right? I'm trying to tell you what to wind up because something, something important is happening that we have to address. Oh, yeah. What?
1: Oh, to finish up the program? Yes. Boy, okay. Well, there you have it, friends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what's Ray doing over there dancing? Uh, It's (laughs)
0: just a little wind up sign. Yeah.
1: So, anyhow, friends, look, uh, biggest cure to loneliness draw near to the Lord, know his heart. And and also give your life away. Think of all the, the, the people, the elderly that, that have no one visiting them. You know, the number of over 50s experiencing loneliness is set to reach the statistics as 2 million by 2025. Half a million older people go at least five or six days a week without seeing or speaking to anyone at all. Go to convalescent homes. Go to the neighbors down the street that don't have anyone. Go to the, the 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 you know single dad whose son doesn't have a mom or the single mom ladies who has, you know, kids that doesn't have a dad in their life. Get into their lives or or moms or whatever however that came out. Get into people's lives. Many are lonely and they need the love of the Lord. All right, there you have it friends. Thank you for joining us and make sure to check out the Evidence Bible and the Bible's Four Gospels at livingwaters.com. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast where we have no idea still what we're doing